it's not an automatic process. So we don't just start it whenever someone is late because you have to find the right balance between, you know, and decide who should we file evictions against and who should we try and work with. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth season of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. Real estate investing is not rocket science, but it's not a fairy tale either. It's an incredible investment vehicle that builds and grows wealth. I have done it, and this is why so many of the wealthiest people in America and in the world, actually, invest in real estate as well. Listen in every week to learn about all the different real estate asset classes, which strategies experienced and successful investors use to live their best lives, and the processes to do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just listen in every week to grow your knowledge along with me and to move your finances to a place where you can live an extraordinary life. This show is sponsored by my company, Blue Lake Capital, where we help passive investors grow their wealth through large multifamily investments and funds. To learn more about my company and invest in with me, visit www.bluelake-capital.com. Welcome to Ready to Scale Season 4. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ready to Scale. This is Season 4. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman, broadcasting from Providence, Rhode Island. Today I'm going to talk about tenant eviction strategies, the good, the bad, the ugly. And as an owner operator, you know, that owns thousands of units across the U.S., I want to share with you one of the top four eviction strategies that we have been successfully implementing at our property. So before I start, just wanted to mention, you know, I'm recording this, it's September 14th, and the eviction moratorium is over. I talked in the past about how we were able to evict even before the eviction moratorium was canceled or not renewed. And it's really important to understand that it didn't protect 100% of the tenants. You still needed to show that you lost your job or you were impacted by COVID and doesn't really apply to everyone. And so we really believe that we can still move forward with the evictions. And some counties were very landlord-friendly and allowed us to continue with the eviction. And this understanding alone brought tenants to pay the rent. So, you know, right now it's a better environment because the tenants that know that right now we can start evicting, they're making an effort to pay and would definitely see an increase in collections. So I wanted to start with the good. I mean, there are two good strategies. The first one is to just start the process. And sometimes when you're starting the process, the tenants bring the declaration when the moratorium was still in place and, you know, the eviction got rejected, the request was rejected by the court. However, just starting the process for some tenants, you know, they, even if they are eligible to be protected under the eviction moratorium when it was still valid and, and legal, that process, you know, some of them did not want to go through. So just starting the eviction process brought a lot of them to the leasing office saying, hey, 
we are able to make the payment now or wait a few days and I'll get you all or some of the rents. And so that just getting the process started, moved the needle, at least for some of the tenants. Some of them don't want to go to court. They care about the credit score. And when they understood that that might impact their credit score, they paid right away. And we've seen that across the board. So that's the first strategy. It's pretty simple, but just start the process, whether there is eviction moratorium or not. And again, this is not a legal advice. I'm not telling anyone or advising anyone to do something that was illegal. But my philosophy in life is to try to try and see what happens as long as you are working within the legal boundaries. And so technically you can start the eviction process when the eviction moratorium was still valid when, you know, as long as it didn't get any declaration from, you know, the CDC declaration signed by the tenant. And so it's on them to prove that they have been basically impacted by COVID without such proof. And for the most part, over 90% of tenants do not fill this form out. You can still the process. And so for us right now, it's the same same strategy when the eviction moratorium is over, we start the eviction process and just starting it brings tenants to pay the rent. And of course, it's not an automatic process. So we don't just start it whenever someone is late because you have to find the right balance between, you know, and decide who should we file evictions against and who should we try and work with because you don't want your reputation in the market as a property, as an owner to be impacted. As someone who's just evicting everyone, it's not good for cash flow. It's not good for occupancy, for, for your reputation, you know, in the market. And so that leads me to the second strategy, which is to try and get money from local programs such as Project Reset. So many cities and counties have their own local programs and tenants who are eligible based on certain application, basically as a landlord, we can help file those requests and the county cuts checks directly to us. And many times they're paying three to five months in advance, which is huge. I mean, this is, this is great. So what we do, we like to make tenants' lives easier by just filling out the application, finding, doing the research, finding all the local projects and programs, and filing the application on behalf of the tenant, just going to them, calling them, knocking on the door, say, hey, listen, we want to work with you. If you fill out this application, we'll help you do that. Let's do it now. We'll file it for you. You don't need to do anything. And when we do that, they basically, the tenants need to sign on the application and we file it on their behalf and then we start receiving money. So on some property, we were able to collect almost 50% of the delinquent rent from those local programs. So that's one of the best strategies that obviously, you know, that we have. It's, it's not perfect because sometimes it takes time to receive this money. And once the money runs out, then you have to go back and work with the tenant and basically see if they can now pay the rent. But getting funding from local programs, that's one of the best strategies that we have been using. And it just takes takes time to find them. But if you're working with a third-party company that, you know, they have a very robust operations in that market, 
they know, they basically do the research, they know where to go, how to apply, and they train their people on the ground to do that. So that was one of the most successful strategies to avoid eviction and manage it and get the money from local programs. So that's kind of on the positive side of of evictions. So this is the good. Now for the bad, and I'm not saying that there are bad strategies, but they're slightly more challenging. So you can continue with evictions. So as I mentioned before, not all tenants are eligible to be protected by the moratorium eviction. And even now when the moratorium is over and obviously no one is protected. So as I mentioned before, there's a way that the the third strategy is basically to monitor very carefully who you choose to evict and who, you know, you want to still work with. Because from my experience, if someone hasn't paid for six months or five months, there's very, very little chance that they will catch up and pay. So the bigger the balance, the lower is the likelihood that the tenant is going to catch up. And then they tend to sometimes skip. And so you really need to put some thinking behind who should I evict? The big balances make sense to evict. The smaller ones, if it's a few weeks, if it may be a month, month and a half, they can still catch up. And if they're good tenants that just got into trouble, then you want to give them a grace period. You want to try and work with them. That's, you know, the third strategy. We can work on a payment plan. So basically say, hey, give me half now and half by the end of the month. And during COVID, that has been a good strategy for us. And I know that not everyone, not everyone likes that strategy because some companies say, hey, we either accept full payment or none, but I don't believe in that in that because if somebody owes you $2,000 this month and they have $1,700, I want to get the $1,700. I don't want to say, no, come back to me when you have $300 more because then this money can go and not come back you know, at all. So whatever I can get, if I can work on a payment plan, that's going to be good. I kind of categorize it under the bad because you're still not collecting a hundred percent. And it's a little bit also dangerous to set the tone at the property that you can pay partial payments, which is why not many operators are crazy about that strategy, but it's still strategy that worked for us. When it comes to the ugly, because we started with the good, the bad, and the ugly, This is what I would categorize under the ugly strategy, and it's evicting tenants by paying them. So we call it cash for keys. I don't implement it broadly on very, very specific cases, very specific properties. That's why it's categorized, it's it's under the ugly, because you're basically saying the tenant that lives in apartment 517, for instance, they haven't paid the rent for eight months. And we don't think that they're going to pay. They're not answering the phone. They're not opening the door when we're knocking the door. So it's kind of an issue. You know, even if we're going to start the process, it's going to take some time with eviction. So let's expedite the eviction because if we're going to evict, they're still not going to pay us. And so right away. So if at all. So what, you know, in some very, very extreme cases, we would say, hey, why don't you leave? And maybe we'll cover, you know, $500, whatever. We're going to cover your move out expenses and give us the keys and we'll waive your debt. And again, this is something I rarely, rarely use, but it's the one of the eviction strategies that we have, which is basically cash for keys. Because the thinking behind it 
is, listen, this door is not producing any income. Every month that passes, I'm losing, let's say $1,500. So I'm much rather give someone $500, make him leave. And then the next month or within two weeks, I can turn the unit around and clean it up maybe in five days and then bring someone who is willing and able to pay 15 or maybe $1,700 because, you know, rents have been increasing across the board. So that strategy is sometimes helpful. I mean, it helps to clean up the property and evict some of the tenants by basically pushing them out and telling them, just give us the keys. We'll forgive your debt, give you maybe even give you a little bit of cash to move out. You got to also understand that if you do that, you're not going to be able to collect rents through the local programs, the kind of beautiful process that I've described earlier, because once someone is not a tenant anymore, they can't apply for those local programs and they're not, you're not going to get money from those programs. So, you know, I would say this is a strategy that should be used in very, very rare cases when it actually makes sense, when you understand that you're not making any money on this specific door and you're willing to give up a little bit more cash to basically clean that unit and bring a paying tenant and start, you know, turn this unit around to start being a cash flow positive door. So this is the last strategy. So just to recap between the good, the bad, and the ugly, when it comes to eviction strategies, we talked about just starting the process to push tenants to come to the office and pay rents. We talked about just getting money from local programs. I know it's not technically an eviction strategy, but it's an amazing, amazing way to receive local funding. Sometimes we'll get it in advance for several months. We also talked about working on a payment plan. And if it doesn't work, then you still need to move forward and evict. And it's really up to you as a landlord to decide who you want to evict and who you don't want to evict. One of the strategies is really to choose that carefully. You don't want to evict 15% of your asset and you know you want to control the occupancy. You want to make sure your reputation is not harmed. And then the last one was basically a voluntary eviction, which is also called cash for keys. Either give them a little bit of cash to leave or just say, hey, or your debt is forgiven, uh, your delinquent rent is forgiven, just leave so you can turn this unit around and make it profitable again. That's it for today, guys. Be bold, be great, keep moving forward, and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.